Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 35, Moving Forward. Hello, hello. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you guys again, and I'm really looking forward to some fun things that I'll be working on over the next couple of weeks. Until then, I've shared my history of foot zoning on this podcast quite a bit and how I've been able to use that amazing modality in the hospice field, but I have failed to mention that since the introduction of COVID, I haven't been able to see any of those sweet patients. Some were in facilities and others were at home, but because of their high-risk status, my service wasn't considered essential, and understandably so, even though it felt essential to them. So I naturally fell into working with my husband's medical practice. We extended his scope of practice to include an aesthetics clinic just over a year ago, and we opened a med spa. So I've also been trained and certified as a laser tech, and now I get to do laser procedures and work with our wonderful master esthetician and nurse injector in the office. Anyway, that's kind of irrelevant to my point today, but I ran into someone the other day who I was visiting with at the grocery store, and she thought that because of something I'd said in this podcast that I was still seeing patients, and so I thought I'd better just clarify. Anyway, I still have the wonderful opportunity to zone clients, and I'm seeing a lot of people who are interestingly exhibiting a lot of the same emotional signals. So let me back up just a little bit. If you're not familiar, Zone therapy is based on using the signal system in the feet for every single part of the body to help promote physical and emotional homeostasis or balance among the individual parts. This amazing science has an interesting way of manifesting emotions that tend to hide in specific parts of the body. It always makes perfect sense. It's really amazing modality. For example, have you ever had a sinus infection? You know I have because you've heard me sound like a stuffy old man. If you haven't, let me just explain. It feels like a stuffiness or a thickness behind your nose. It radiates out to your eyes and down to your teeth. They're miserable. They just end up feeling a lot like built-up pressure. And to me, it feels like congestion that's just stuck there. Well, interestingly enough, the emotional signal for the sinus oftentimes shows up as feelings of emotional congestion that's just stuck or an inability to move or breathe through. Isn't that fascinating? Oh, it's so fun. Let's do it again. Okay, if you're having any trouble with your feet or lower legs, consider this. I'm seeing a lot of people who are having a hard time moving forward, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, who are manifesting new pain or discomfort in their legs or feet. That's where that signal tends to hide many times. Fascinating, right? Can you see why I love this? Well, anyway, I find it very interesting that so many people are showing up with similar experiences, and it's making me wonder why people are feeling so stuck. I can't help wonder if it doesn't have something to do with the uncertainty of our lives right now. We all know our sense of normal has been drastically altered, hasn't it? And it seems like the future is more than a bit unclear in every aspect, economically, politically, environmentally, and socially. It makes sense that it's a lot harder to move intentionally towards something we can't see, and I'm sure that that's probably part of it, but I can't help wonder if maybe we've just allowed ourselves to fall into what little comfort we have and stay there. Maybe we believe it's safer where we are, and in a world filled with uncertainty, it's easy to understand how we may have given ourselves a pass from growth in the name of complacency. 
I'm sure this isn't the case for everyone, obviously, but in preparing this episode, I felt a very strong call to throw out this lifeline for anyone who may possibly need it. Elder William H. Bennett, in a 1974 Ensign article titled, Which Way to Shore, tells the following story he heard at a stake conference. He told about a man who accidentally fell into the waters of the Niagara River, some distance above the falls. He said, quote, As he was carried downstream by the current, he called out repeatedly, Which way to shore? Which way to shore? There were people along the banks on both sides of the river who saw and heard this man, but they were slow to act. They noticed that he could swim and was keeping himself afloat, so they concluded that he was engaged in some kind of a publicity stunt and gave him no further attention. However, when he reached the point where he was precariously close to the falls, some of the people along the banks went into action and tried to get ropes to him to pull him from the water, but they had waited too long, and he went over the brink of the falls and was killed. When his body was recovered and identification made, the horizons of those along the banks of the river were pushed back and their understandings improved and increased. Yes, the man could swim, but he could not swim with purpose or direction because he was blind, end quote. My first thought when I heard this story was, why didn't the people on the banks move before it was too late? What a tragic example of being stuck based on their assumptions. Now, I want to talk about what keeps us stuck in place, what keeps us from moving, and worse even, what keeps us from growing or progressing. If your initial response is nothing, ask yourself the following questions. What is at the top of your to-do list that just keeps showing up every single day? It may be something you just can't check off because you haven't accomplished it yet and just keep pushing it back till a more convenient time. Or what shows up at the top of your list of New Year's resolutions each year? It could be that thing you're so very aware of because it's in your direct line of vision, but sometimes it's easier not to make eye contact because denial is a happy little place and it's easier that way. (laughs) Am I the only one? That reminds me of when I went back to school a few years ago. I had to take a math class. And even though it was only four or five years ago, this old brain of mine was a little intimidated by math, to say the least. It certainly has never been my strength. I was that mom that had to send the kids to their dad for help with math in junior high. I hate to admit it, but it's true. It would take me hours to do one assignment that took other people probably minutes. And I remember specifically one time being at the kitchen table with my laptop. I may or may not have already thrown something, but we won't discuss that. Poor Doug, when he came home from work, he quickly assessed the situation. The look on my face, the hundreds of pieces of scratch paper crumpled all around me, the giant caffeinated soda next to me, and he immediately turned away. Not in an insensitive way, but it was funny. The look on his face was kind of that of fear and trepidation, like, don't make eye contact with it. (laughs) If you pretend it's not there, it may not hurt you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Of course, in minutes, he was there rubbing my shoulders, asking me what he could do for me, and he ended up helping me with my assignment. But I sometimes feel like that's how we look at those daunting tasks, right? Or those first steps to accomplishing whatever it is that would help us move forward and get out of our stuck states. 
Is it fear that's keeping us from moving forward? And if so, is it fear for your safety or fear of failure? I'd be willing to bet it's closer to the latter. Fear can be paralyzing, especially if we have presumptions that people won't approve of what we're doing or trying or the direction we're going. Those dangerous assumptions, as illustrated by the people on the banks of the Niagara River, can literally keep us stuck and keep us from moving in any direction. Now, since I've brought up zoning, about 10 years ago, I took an advanced class called The Sacred Language of Body Translation, and it taught us about the abilities we now have to measure the frequency of emotion due to the advances in neuroscience and conscious sedation. Isn't that fascinating? I talked about that in my episode, Tune In, if you want more information, but the teacher had some kind of a fancy degree. Honestly, I can't remember. It was like a psychologist and a behavioral scientist. Basically, he had tons of research and experience, and he told us that the emotion of overwhelm was the lowest frequency there was, and that it would literally shut you down, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Now, I raised my hand to disagree, pointing out trauma and death, examples like that, maybe during the Holocaust or something, where people saw their family members murdered right in front of them. And do you know what he told me? He said, the reason overwhelm is so negatively powerful is because it is the lowest of every emotion put together. Oh, it's easy to get overwhelmed, isn't it? So try to remember that the next time you're feeling the emotion of overwhelm, it will literally shut you down. The thing that without a doubt is top of my list of things I'm stuck in and feel overwhelmed about is my weight. I'm just not where I want to be to feel good and energetic and light on my feet like I used to. It just seems to vacillate up and down and up and down. I'm the epitome of yo-yoing. It's at the top of every list of my goals. It's that thing that beckons me from the future, haunts me from the past, and everywhere in between. It's one area I feel stuck in and unable to progress out of and move forward from. And how silly is that? I know logically that I am at the helm of my ship and I get a steer and determine my speed and destination. Then why am I still here facing this block year after year after year? Simply put, I have chosen the path of least resistance. Exercise is hard, isn't it? It takes time. Calorie reduction is no fun. Emphasis on the no fun in capital letters. But mine is a perfect example, isn't it, of just becoming complacent and not pushing through those roadblocks that keep us from moving forward. Is it any mystery that I have sinus and feet issues? What a concept, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. As I asked myself this question, I did a little bit of thought work around it, and there is a new level of awareness happening inside of me as I put these thoughts together for you. And I want to invite all of you to my accountability circle. Yes, it's true. I'm ready. I'm beyond ready. And if you see me, I want you to ask me how it's going, because I just decided I am not going to stay stuck in this place any longer. And I'll report on my progress in future episodes. So what if the things you're stuck on or places you're stuck in are of a spiritual nature? And that can be just as hard, can't it? And just as overwhelming. I happen to know that our Father in Heaven wants us to progress 
In the Doctrine and Covenants 98, verse 12, he says, quote, For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith, end quote. See, he'll be with us as we take baby steps to improve, but it says right there, it won't be easy. He will try us and prove us herewith. I love that. This plan of happiness and salvation is based on eternal progression, isn't it? We take a step forward, sometimes a few steps back. We learn, we repent, improve, and grow. Then take another step forward, maybe a dozen even, and then another step back. It's how we learn. Just like the toddler learns to walk by taking a few steps, falling, reverting to crawling, walking for a bit, then falling again. I love the story of Eric Weyenmeyer, a man who climbed Mount Everest, an accomplishment that only 10% of those who attempt it ever succeed. Eric did it, in fact, to become one of the elect few, but Eric did it completely blind. I guess at the age of 13, after he lost his sight to a hereditary disease of the retina, this determined and amazing young man committed to not wasting his life or letting go of his dreams. I love that despite this overwhelming challenge, he moved forward. He refused to be stagnant and get stuck. He developed a love for rock climbing and became really, really good at it by feeling the face of the rock and finding hand and footholds that were secure. He summited the 29,000 feet of Mount Everest when he was only 16 years old. And now, over the course of his life, he has reached the highest peaks on seven continents and also kayaked the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. What an inspiration! When asked how he did it, he said, quote, I just kept thinking, keep your mind focused. Don't let all that doubt and fear and frustration sort of get in the way. Then, most importantly, he said, just take each day step by step, end quote. Did any of you play soccer? How many times did your coach or your mom or dad yell onto the field, go after the ball? (laughs) In order to move forward and progress in our lives, we have to go after the ball. We have to take one step after another and climb. We have to move instead of watching from the banks of the river. Listen to the words of hymn number 252, Put Your Shoulder to the Wheel. Put your shoulder to the wheel, push along. Do your duty with a heart full of song. We all have work, let no one shirk. Put your shoulder to the wheel. You were waiting for me to sing, weren't you? I especially love the fourth verse. Listen closely. Then work and watch and fight and pray with all your might and zeal. Push every worthy work along. Put your shoulder to the wheel. We've got to work to get unstuck. We've got to work to progress. My intention with this episode was merely to draw your attention to the possibility that you too may be stuck in certain aspects of your progression and invite you then to first acknowledge and recognize those things or areas that it's time to graduate from and into a new stage of advancement. Think of it as passing go in the game of Monopoly and collecting your $200 before you continue around the board to the next accomplishment, achievement, or acquisition. The first step, as always, involves asking yourself some questions, taking an honest look at where you're at, what your destination looks like, and how and what you're doing to move forward. So I did Weight Watchers a few years ago, and I love the motto our coach would remind us of every week. She said that if you have more days that you're doing good than days that you're not, you're still making progress. Don't you love that? While I was reflecting on my experiences with Weight Watchers, I was reminded of one of the reasons their success rates at helping people lose weight were so high. They were a community. 
We had meetings weekly and had accountability to those in our group. We had a gathering of like minds and we were sharing experiences with those on the same journey. That made it so much easier. So I want to ask you, have you ever had a time where you felt particularly stuck? I want you to think about what helped you get moving again. I lost weight, for example, with Weight Watchers because I wasn't alone in that goal. I had a team that really it really helped me. I can think of a friend who received some devastating news about a family member, and the only way she found consolation was from her other children who gathered around her and remained by her side until she was on her feet again. When we get stuck or have a hard time moving forward, is it the strength of others that can help us? Most certainly. It can be hard to get going again or hard to move when we feel alone or isolated. And there's been a lot of that lately, hasn't there? So it's understandable that many of us are experiencing feelings of stagnancy. This is where I'm going to allude to next week's episode because it would be much too long to include in this one. But here's a teaser. I need community. I need a team. And I'm gathering one. And I want to invite you to join me next week for an announcement that I'm so, so excited about. It's going to put a little bit more on my plate, but I can't wait. And on that note, I'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. He said, quote, we didn't come this far to only come this far, end quote. Let's have a phenomenal week and let's get moving. Mm-hmm.